this week, sometimes you just need to start over. And later, the news. More young people are getting cancer for some godforsaken reason. Solar power just keeps growing. New YouTube and Instagram misinformation rules. Getting paid to bike to work and more. But first, I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is important, not important, science for people who give a shit. The newsletter features the most important science news, how to think about it, and what the hell you can do about it. Hit subscribe right now to get this newsletter and, on Mondays, my conversations with the world's smartest people. You can find the email version and links to everything at importantnotimportant.com or right in your show notes. It's Friday, June 9th, 2023. Here's your weekly action steps. If apocalyptic skies and hazardous air quality reports are making your climate anxiety a little more intense this week, I feel you, look into the Climate Psychiatry Alliance's database to find a climate-aware psychiatrist near you. Number two, help spread fire adaptation practices and give communities the tools they need to reduce their wildfire risk and increase their resilience by donating to fire-adapted communities. Again, this is all in your show notes. Number three, campaign to speed up the transition away from coal. We should just bury this shit at this point. Uh, away from coal in your community by joining a local team to retire coal plants. God, that must feel good. And last, while you're staying indoors to avoid the unhealthy air outside, purchase an air purifier to keep your indoor air quality up to par. And look, if you've got some extra cash laying around or your Scrooge McDuck, please buy a bunch and donate a few to your local schools. And now, today's big question. What happens when you need to start over? Because look, sometimes in life, you get fired, or you fall off your bike, or your startup fails. Sometimes in a video game, for example, you die. When you die in a video game, you get sent back to some checkpoint that's either just a few moments before, if you're lucky, or usually, infuriatingly, way the hell back at the beginning of the alien's lair. And now you've got to get all over those goddamn bottomless pit again. You've got to kill all the levitating alien shrimp things again. You got to outrun the deluge of poisonous gel things again until finally, finally, you get to face that huge beating heart on the wall again. And I got to break it to you now. If you don't have the spread gun thing the entire time, you can forget it. You might as well just go all the way back to the hangar. Now, look, Starting over can be frustrating as hell. In real life, or as I was just discussing, in Contra. Are you out of shape? Did you flunk out? Were you fired? Divorced? Hopefully not all of those. At least in Contra, you could just tap out, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, be a start. And suddenly, starting over becomes a whole hell of a lot easier. There's no Konami code in real life. I mean, that's not true. I basically have it. I'm well aware that being born a straight white man in America in 1982, now it's 2023, so there you go. It's a massive and historic level up. It's the only real universal cheat code that brings basically unlimited power-ups. We could all use some do-overs. I mean, each of us, the whole thing. COVID, for example, exposed these long-held cracks in our society and economy with devastating consequences. It exhausted us in our systems, and it continues to punish and still take away so many with predictably inequitable results. We're all going to feel the after effects of COVID for a very long time. 
but for many of our most marginalized neighbors, and for the hundreds and thousands of children in the U.S. alone who lost caregivers, the loss will be held much more acutely. Other things have changed, too. I don't think offices as we imagine them and, and as they've been since bad men are dead, but they're not going to be what they were. So downtowns will never be what they were again. And that's already having second-order effects in commercial leases and balance sheets. We get to start over. We have to start over and reimagine what living in cities means and what it means to run a large company where employees can benefit from being around one another. They don't have to. And not if it means unaffordable rent or brutal commutes and lost time with loved ones. Another example, consider uh, the climate crisis. Probably the first time you've heard me talk about that. For the privileged among us, including myself, the experience of the climate crisis is just beginning. While low-income and marginalized countries and communities all over the world have already been suffering for years. So yeah, I left California in part because my home insurance policy became astronomically expensive. But millions of folks have lost their actual homes or jobs, been forced to relocate, uh, to start over. Shit, Indonesia is already building an entirely new capital city. This is not a joke. We can't put sea level rise back in the box. So Jakarta is in the past. So another analogy, the same goes for something like uh, clean water, right? Millions of kids can't just undrink lead-flavored water and get their precious IQ points back. Sometimes, though, we do get the opportunity to start over, and with some key lessons learned. And again, starting over mostly sucks, but sometimes it can change the world. One of the tenets of this philosophy we kick around here called do better better is asking more and better questions of uh, yourself, your family, your curriculum or your company, your investments, your volunteering, your philanthropy, but mostly your time. So today I'm asking you, what if you choose to start over? Hear me out. Knowing everything we know about ourselves, about how susceptible we are to a novel virus, to disinformation, to grid failures, how unevenly the seas are rising and cities are heating, how sacred and how challenged our votes are, how short our time on this rock is, as we become more and more aware of all of these externalities and how they intersect, it's a really great moment to ask, is this what I want to be doing? Is this the best use of my skills? Uh, to be clear, not everyone can start over, and not everyone should, but in this moment, when a shitload of tech workers have been fired, and we're on this threshold of great change, you, friend, have an opportunity to identify your core values and your unique skill set and to use them to participate in that great change. I wrote about this conundrum recently and I made the whole podcast about it and it was titled, What Would You Say You Do Here? Lifted from office space. To rehash and provide a little more context, right about the same time I was sweating through the end of Contra and that beating heart, having more or less chained my seven-year-old self to the Nintendo Entertainment System in my basement, Richard Hamming, a titan of American mathematics and a pillar of Bell Labs, gave a speech called You and Your Research. And he made it personal. In it, Hamming described a series of brutally honest lunch conversations he had with some poor bastards in the chemistry department. Remember, he was a mathematician. And in his speech, he said, 
I went over to their lunch table and said, do you mind if I join you? And they can't say no, so I started eating with them for a while. And I started asking, what are the important problems of your field? And after a week or so, I asked, what important problems are you working on? And after some more time, I came in one day and said, if what you're doing is not important, and if you don't think it's going to lead to something important, why are you at Bell Labs working on it? Now this fucking guy, right, drives everyone nuts. The annoying thing is, he was right. The world is awash in important problems. How are you going to help? And can you do it from your current position? What if the answer is no? What the hell are you going to do about it? Now look, we can have subjective arguments all day about how to define an important problem. That's part of the reason Richard wandered over to the chemistry table with his tuna sandwich and jello and started with that very angle. What are the important problems in your field? He wanted to know, but since he was a productive asshole, it's clear he also wanted to know if they knew. And then he wanted to know what the hell they were going to do about it. For our purposes, let's assume important problems are like pornography. You'll know one when you see one. For example, how the East Coast has been orange and unbreathable this week. Or how in Southeast Asia they are baking or melting or whatever you want to say and the monsoon showed up late. How we are actually less prepared medically, public health-wise, politically, economically for the next pandemic than we were even for the last one. How we're both overusing and running out of new kinds of antibiotics. How methane leaks are fucking everywhere. Or how rapid AI development is coming along with very few ethical guardrails. Now, in 1989, I identified Contra's enormous beating alien heart thing as one of the world's most important problems. I made peace with starting over as many times as necessary, and then dedicated myself to blowing it up day in and day out. The only way out was through. I had to start over and over and over. I lived with the problem. I dreamt about it. And again, an entirely privileged life, but I do think my sports experience comes into play with kind of how I see these kind of things. Played baseball, and as everybody knows, if you make it to the major leagues, which is pretty much impossible, going one for three over the course of your career will get you into the Hall of Fame. You fail two out of three times. Uh, I was a college swimmer. Uh, how many races I lost by hundreds of a second. I had no control over that, but I tried and tried and tried and tried. And to quote Hamming again, he said, everybody who has studied creativity is driven finally to saying, Creativity comes out of your subconscious. Suddenly, somehow, there it is. It just appears. Well, we know very little about the subconscious, he said. But one thing you are pretty well aware of is that your dreams also come out of your subconscious. And you're aware your dreams are, to a fair extent, a reworking of the experiences of the day. He said, if you're deeply immersed and committed to a topic, day after day after day, your subconscious has nothing to do but work on your problem. And so you wake up one morning or on some afternoon, and there's the answer. And for those who don't get committed to their current problem, the subconscious goofs off on other things and doesn't produce the big result. So the way to manage yourself, he said, is that when you have a real important problem, you don't let anything else get the center of your attention. You keep your thoughts on the problem. Keep your subconscious starved so it has to work on your problem so you can sleep peacefully and get the answer in the morning for free. Hey everyone, it's Quinn, your host and the founder 
of important, not important. I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about the INI or any, whatever we're calling it these days, membership and community. It's a gathering place, really, for our most dedicated shit givers. A place to connect and learn from one another and to have access to me outside of the newsletter and this podcast. We started it last year and it's grown to hundreds of shit givers from all kinds, from around the globe. I'm talking about teachers and investors, students, electricians, journalists, artists, scientists, and policymakers, and, and more. Members get exclusive access to our daily news homepage, which is very cool, and to much more top-of-mind weekly articles, research, and tools that you can use and to stay ahead of the game, member-sourced action steps, twice-monthly book and culture recommendations that have nothing to do with the end of the world, virtual events, and of course, the membership Slack channel. Look, so many people come to us asking, what can I do? And we think we do a pretty good job of answering that question and providing context for the answer. But the best answers and the best perspective really come from the community, a wide-ranging community. And we would love for you to be a part of it, to feel supported yourself, and to contribute to discussions and actions alike. And of course, by becoming a member, you're directly supporting our work here and ensuring that we get to keep doing it. So if you'd like to learn more, head to importantnotimportant.com. And if you're already a reader, you can just hit the upgrade button at the top. If you're not, go ahead and subscribe for free and you'll see the option to become a member at whatever level works best for you. And as always, you can always find the link to become a member right in your show notes. So thanks for listening. And as always, thanks for giving a shit. Back to the show. Now, I mean, that's pretty fucking great if it works for you. It's worked for me in the past for creative writing. And many incredible humans, including many of you, have already dedicated your lives to working on actual important problems. On the other hand, in this time of great struggle and consequence, I have a blog and a podcast. So setting my own <laughs> failures aside, let's revisit some questions from that post a couple weeks ago. What would you say you do here? Which are also the basis for a lot of my one-on-one -on -one conversations. You can ask yourself, what do I make? What does my company make? Why do we make them? Who needs them? Do we have to make them? Says who? Do they address any of the world's great problems? And if not, do I want to keep making them? Now these apply if you're a solo operator, by choice or not, too. You can use them to reimagine how you market yourself to companies or to start an entirely new one. Though I will tell you, the world is truly already packed with stellar organizations looking for people like you, no matter what you do. Are you a young person with a world-changing climate idea? There's all kinds of places like 776 out there just handing out grants. Want to be an electrician? We need a million of them. Want to use AI to solve old problems? Have at it. Want to reinvent the trash can like Matt Rogers to fight food waste? Want to become a community health worker? Want to use behavioral data and peer pressure to encourage voters to turn out? Start an olive oil and climate-friendly company? You want to invest in black climate VCs? Do you want to build a better, healthier birth control? There's room for all that. We need you. With important problems, systemic, society-wide, life-or-death problems, come these enormous, plentiful opportunities, and they seem like low-hanging fruit. And, and they are. That doesn't mean it's easy, but they are. 
These are opportunities to join together, to contribute, to profit, to make change, to make what I call compound action. Opportunities to take a step back and think about how you, how we want to spend our time and use our skills. And whether doing so means starting over, (laughs) whether you've been recently canned or not. Opportunities to take everything we've learned and start fresh, like a new relationship after a bad one. To make something new, to invent a way to recycle something old, batteries, solar panels, wind turbines, masks, whatever. To design a more accessible way of using it, to paint a picture of how to try it, to market it to people who've never had the chance to experience it. To invest your money and your time to make the next version even better, cleaner, faster, more powerful, and maybe, yes, even less energy intensive. You can start over right now in your screenplay, in your investment portfolio, in your commute, in your neighborhood, on your school board, inside your company, on your TV show or your podcast, by rerouting your industry, by embracing moments to listen to everyone who's already dealing with all this shit, to have the beginner's mind, to donate to and volunteer with charitable efforts that need your, yes, your very specific set of skills. It just means you might have to start over. And that could change the world. And now, the news. In climate change news, biofuels might not actually be the best climate solution. Number two, reforesting the Amazon could drastically help slow global warming, but there's a lot of roadblocks. Number three, would you bike to work if the feds paid you to? Number four, the clean energy transition is reliant on mines, but young people don't want to work in them. And last, solar is growing fast enough to meet global decarbonization goals. And we've got a graph in the uh, show notes as a treat, because you deserve it. In COVID news, anti-vaxxers and medical information misinformation spreaders are getting their social media platforms back. What the fuck? And second, wildfire smoke, you may have heard of it, can increase the risk of contracting COVID. It's like 2020 and 2021 all over again. Let's just stop doing all of this stuff. In food and water news, lack of water is limiting construction in Arizona, which kind of feels like a big deal. Number two, as global food costs soar, a food delivery company is launching a fund for food insecure Americans. Number three, droughts in France are leading to water shortages, and the current solution isn't super sustainable. And number four, a pretty, pretty vital Ukrainian dam was destroyed this week, leading to major flooding. In health and bio news, a new pill for lung cancer was found to cut the risk of death after surgery in half during clinical trials. It's awesome. Uh, Unfortunately, cancer is on the rise for people under 50 worldwide. We don't really know why, and I will reiterate that I fucking hate cancer. Number three, the chatbot working for an eating disorder helpline instead of real humans capable of human empathy was found to be encouraging unhealthy heating habits, which is just great. And last, in case you weren't aware, this week was measurably one of the worst wildfire pollution events in North American history. In computer news, could online age verification rules designed to protect children backfire and come at the price of everyone's privacy? I do not know what the answer is here. Second, the AI boom could be hindered by the cost of operating systems to run then, not to say the water and climate costs. And last, again, to come back to it, YouTube has changed its misinformation policy, and uh, Instagram did too in some ways, to allow 2020 election denial videos to remain on the site. 
All right, that's it for this week. Hit subscribe to get next week's issue straight to your feed. To go deeper, visit importantnotimportant.com. Thanks for being a part of our community, and thanks for giving a shit. Mm-hmm.